Good that you're all here. Good to be here with you. Um, you're probably wondering, what in the world are all these Cheetos for? Well, my name is Mike. I'm a believer in Christ, and I love Cheetos, all right? So, um, <laughs> hey, got some other fellow Cheeto lovers here. Uh, but what's the, what's the thing about Cheetos that nobody does love? Do you guys know what it is? It's one word. Cheetle. Cheetle. Say it with Cheetle. With an L, the Cheetle. It's that orange stuff that gets all over the place when you eat Cheetos. And so, like, I love Cheetos. I've loved Cheetos since I was a little kid. I have been known to sit and eat not just this size bag, but like the family party pack bag, all in one setting by myself. I don't do that anymore. I'm almost 46. You can't do that at 46, okay? Uh, maybe when you're like 13 or 14. But um, yeah, I love Cheetos. But here, here's the thing, is that, is that as we eat Cheetos, as we, as we get our hands in the bag, so to speak, and we start to eat these Cheetos, that Cheeto gets all over our hands. And then where's the next place it goes? It gets on your face. You're, you're wondering, why am I wearing a white T-shirt? Because it gets all, all over your shirt, you know? And I'm just going to leave this here for most of the sermon, just for you OCD folks, you know? You're just going to be like, are you kidding me? What's going on? It, it gets all over the place. And, and so we're in a series called I'm All In. And we're talking about our core values. And the core value that we're going to talk about today is don't do life alone. But here's the thing is that when we start to get around people, when we get our hands into the, the bags of relationship, right, we get cheetle on ourselves, and we get cheetle on each other, and it gets kind of messy, doesn't it? Our relationships are, tend to be, to be messy. And, and what we need to realize, though, is that, is that while cheetle, it's all over me, I got, I got a little wet wipe up here for myself, okay, so uh, we got to realize that, that we all have cheetle. You, you got Cheetle, I got Cheetle, we all got, thank you, we all got Cheetle, and Cheetle comes in all kinds of packages in relationships. Maybe your Cheetle is that you're just kind of, maybe in a group setting or in, in friendships, maybe you're the overbearing one, the one that likes to talk a lot. That's, that's me. That's why I'm preaching, okay? Um, maybe you're uh, maybe kind of a bully, or maybe you're on the opposite end of that spectrum. Maybe you're the quiet, shy one, or maybe you're a gossip, or maybe, um, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe your cheetle is that you don't recognize that you have cheetle. It's like all over like this, you know? And you're walking around, you're like, what? I don't have any cheetle. I'm good, you know? Um, or, or maybe you're quick to recognize other people's cheetle. Without seeing your own, maybe you're blind to your own, you, but you see the cheetle on everybody else. Or maybe you think that your cheetle just isn't a big deal, and it's not affecting you or anyone else. But here's the problem, guys. That, that cheetle, what I'm talking about really here is sin, <laughs> okay? Sin affects all of us. And what sin ultimately does is it separates it separates, us from, it separates us from God, and it separates us from, from one another. And let me tell you this. Satan loves separation. He loves isolation. He loves division. It's his game plan. Just look at our nation and, and what's going on in the last year and a half. We're, we're more divided and separated than we've ever been in church and out of church. But this is what I know I know that Jesus said 
that on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. When the church is unified, when we're doing life together, not doing life alone, Satan's power is heavily diminished. And our lives are radically transformed. And so our subject today, like I said, is don't do life alone. Listen to what Proverbs 18.1 says. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A friend of mine said it this way, isolation is the place where your idiosyncrasies grow. And you're like, oh, what's an idiosyncrasy? It's your, it, your weirdness, <laughs> okay? Your, your, your peculiarities. You ever known someone who's like ex- on the extreme side of isolation, you know? Um, by choice, I mean, sometimes isolation happens because of health and things like that. And I'm not getting after you about that, but somebody who just intentionally isolates themselves from others, they're kind of different, you know? They don't get along with people. Listen to what Proverbs 14, 12 says. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And here's the sad thing that, that I, I, I see um, in my time as a pastor in Flagstaff and in Dallas and in seminary and as I've done ministry and walked through life with a lot of different people is that some of us have a ton of friends. We come to church on Sunday we're part of a small group. We're connected on social media. We have family. We have all kinds of things. But we're isolated and lonely and anxious and weird and suspicious and depressed and untrusting more than we've ever been. And that's just not what God intends for us. So Genesis, um, in Genesis 2, we're right at the very beginning of the scriptures, the beginning of the story of mankind. God creates the heavens and the earth, and it's good, and it's good, and it's good, and it's good over and over and over. Everything he creates is good. And then he creates man, and he's like, oh, wait, man's by himself. That's not good. And so he creates a woman and, and gives him a helpmate and a partner in life. And so we learn right off the bat that being alone is not good, but because we all have this, this cheetle, right, this stuff that, that gets in the way of our relationships or in the sin, and because sin is messy and drives us away from each other and separates us, we need something to fight against the sin that so quickly and easily entangles us and confuses us and divides us. This thing is designed by God himself. It's illustrated to us in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. It's called community, Christ-centered Biblical community. Let me define that. A group of people who know us, who love us, and who do life with us. So here's our need. I'm going to quote Paul Tripp from New Morning Mercies, July 12th, I believe it was. This is so good. Listen carefully. Read along with me if you want on the slide. We need to live in intentionally intrusive Christ-centered, grace-driven, redemptive community. This community is intended to enlighten and protect, to motivate and encourage, to rescue and restore, to instill hope and courage, to confront and rebuke, to guide and protect, 
to give vision and sound warning, and to incarnate the love and grace of Jesus when you feel alone. It is not a luxury. It's a necessity. And so what we're going to call you to as a church, as leadership in our church, uh, what we're calling you to, if you call VVCC your church home, and certainly if you're a member here, we're calling you um, to rich, authentic, meaningful relationships in the context of small groups. And I've been asked by the leadership over the last few months to to help kind of head up our small group ministry and get ready for group link, which is next week. You're going to hear about that a lot this morning. All right, just heads up. Um, We we want you to be involved in, in this type of a group setting where you can grow and where you can spend time with other believers learning about God and his word and then diving into life with one another. And so how we're going to go about our small groups and how we're going to ask you guys when you get into a small group, what we're going to ask you to talk about is in the form of three questions. It's going to be my three points. They're going to be three questions. Each one of them has the word feeding in there. I don't want to explain what I mean by feeding. I don't mean by feeding. I don't mean eating Cheetos, okay, and, uh, and, and feeding yourself that way. What I'm going to talk about is just how we feed ourselves spiritually, how we feed our, our, our godly and God-given desires, and then how we feed our sinful and fleshly desires, and then how we feed others. And so that's where we're headed today. So if you've got your notes open, here's our first point. How are you feeding your soul? How are you feeding your soul? This is a question that we're asking you to ask one another as you get together outside of Sunday mornings. We have some practices that we, that we did a sermon series on a year ago. So if you can go, you go back, if you want to hear about them and learn more about the five practices of small groups, you can go back and listen to a sermon from last fall where we preached on that for five weeks. And so underneath this question of how are you feeding your soul comes one of the first practices here. It's the first practice, and, and it goes right in line with our core value. It's devote daily. Devote daily. Listen to this. John 15, 5 says this. It says, I am, Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And you know what's really fascinating? I went and I opened up the dictionary. I'm like, what does the word nothing mean in the dictionary? And guess what the definition of nothing is? No thing. <laughs> what? Mind blown, right? <laughs> I, I didn't need to go to school for that. <laughs> no, nothing. You can't be a, a good husband, a good wife, a good father, a good mother, a good friend, a good coworker, a good boss. You can do nothing apart from abiding daily and devoting yourself daily to Jesus through his word and through his people and through your small group. And so the questions that we're going to have you asking when you meet together is this, is what are you learning from Scripture? Wow, amazing. What are you listening to? Music, podcasts, books, what are you reading? What did you get from Sunday's sermon? Besides a bunch of Cheetle all over the place, right? Uh, How is that impacting your life? And so this is, it's kind of like, you know, the idea here is that we're going to be learning from one another in what God's teaching us in our daily devotion to him in these small groups. And and I've been saying this for years, and I I feel like I'm going to really step on some toes here, but please just hear me carefully, hear me out, 
and, and, and listen to the words that I say, because I was really careful. I wrote this out. I'm going to say it carefully, but, but here we go. The last thing that some of you in this room need in your life today, here's the key word, is another Bible study. Here's what I mean. I'm not saying don't go to Bible study. We have some world-class Bible study teachers here. Our women's ministry, you just heard about it, is a phenomenal. Ladies, if you're not going, go. Guys, we have Bible studies throughout the week. If you're not going, go. I'm not saying don't go. I'm just saying some of us live our lives in this way. We go from Bible study to Bible study to Bible study to Bible study. We're constant learners. We're hearers of God's word, but we're not doers. And James says, hey, don't be merely a hearer of God's word and so deceive yourself. Be doers of the word also. I have, we, have a, we have a friend here who's an older gentleman um, who will remain anonymous, <laughs> but I'm going to quote him. He said this recently. He said, if I never learned anything again in all my life from the word of God, I wouldn't have enough time left in all my life to do all I know it asks me to do. So one of our practices is devote daily. Our second practice is, is this, underneath this idea of feeding your soul, is pursuing one another relationally. See, when Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? He said, he said or what is the greatest commandment? He said, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Devote daily and then love others. We've got our vertical relationship. We've got our horizontal relationships. And the way that you can feed your soul is to pursue other people relationally. And I know the, the introverts in the room are going, no, that is, not, that is not how I feed my soul. But that's what the Bible's telling us. And here's what Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says. It says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near every day, we're getting closer to the day. It's ever drawing near. We don't know when it is, but it's drawing near. And so we ought to meet together. And so what we mean by pursue relationally is not just um, a high five on Sunday morning and just hanging out for this scheduled appointment once a week or every other week from 6.30 to 8, and we better be done by 8 because that's my bedtime, you know, and, and, and that's all we do, and we just hang out during that time. We're talking about calls, texts, um, fun nights, Doing life together, having barbecues, going on picnics, do a camp out. I don't know what it is that you like to do or your group likes to do, but that's what we're calling you to, to pursue one another relationally, to be one of their, there for one another relationally when, when crisis comes. Paul Tripp says this in that same thing I read earlier, and he, comes on, he goes on to say, we live in long-term networks of terminally casual relationships. That is not what God's calling us to, gang. He wants more from us, and he wants more for us. If you do yourselves a favor, okay? Don't do it now because you get distracted, but open up your Bible app if you have a phone and an app. Um, or if not, go get a concordance or something and look up the words one another in your Bible. One another. It'll show up no less than 35 times. 
There's the, we call them the one another's of scripture. Listen to what they say. They say, love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, help one another, greet one another with a kiss. We're not going to do that. Okay. Um, sing songs, sharpen one another, admonish one another, spur one another on to love and good works. Meet together. It just goes on and on and on. And I don't think that God's word is going to tell us to do those things if we don't need them. And so we're going to feed our soul by, by feeding on God's word and then and then sharing that with others and pursuing each other relationally. Point number two, the second question, how are you feeding your sinful desires? Oh, that's a little bit scary. I did a sermon about a year ago on, on living authentically, and that's the practice I'm going to talk about briefly here. You can go listen more on that. How do we live authentically before others? James 5.16 says this. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And so this is where we get to show up to group or to time with other believers that we're fellowshipping with and in the context of a small group, and we get to kind of take off that happy plastic mask that we all, you know, that happy smiley face mask that everybody wears to church on Sunday morning, and I'm fine, and you're fine, and we're fine, and we're good, and everything's good, and life is perfect, and then you look on Instagram, and everything looks perfect there, and Facebook, and everything looks perfect there, and really my life is falling apart. My relationships are struggling. My, my, my heart is struggling. My, I'm fearful of what's happening in our country. I don't, I don't mask, no mask, vaccination, no vaccination. All this stuff that's going on in our hearts and our minds, this is where we open up about that and talk about our fears and our anxieties and our struggles, not just for the sake of talking about it, but because the Bible says when you confess these things to one another and pray for each other, you'll be healed. You want your relationships to heal, you gotta talk about the problem in your relationship. You go to the doctor and you want help, you gotta tell them what's going on. You know, there's a guy who went to the doctor and, and, he, and, he, and he walks in and he says, Doc, I don't know what's going on. Everywhere I touch myself, it hurts. And the doc does a full examination on it, looks at him and, and, and he goes, well, I got, I, got, I got bad news and I got good news. He goes, well, give me the, give me the good news first. He goes, the good news is, Nothing major wrong with you. It's like, the bad news, your finger's broke. <laughs> Sorry. That was not in my notes. What do you know? All right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay. So we're going to live authentically. We're going to talk about our struggles, not just for the sake of talking about struggles. We're not having a struggle competition, okay? We're, we're, who can outstruggle each other. We're going to talk about it because the Bible says that there's healing there. The next practice under this idea of how are you feeding your sinful desires and being authentic about those things is that we're going to encourage one another towards Christ-likeness. One of the best things that I can think to say to a believer who, who's a friend of mine, who's a brother of mine, who comes to small group and says, hey, I'm struggling in this area, is not to look at him and go, well, you know that's sin, right? I just confessed it to you. Of course I know it's sin. It's not to say, hey, man, you know, I know you love Jesus, and I know that's not who you want to be. Let me encourage you towards Christ-likeness. Let me pray for you. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Let me pray for you. Let me encourage you towards Christ-likeness. Now, there's another side to this. So, so somebody comes in, and they're authentic, and they're talking about their struggles, and, that, and, and, and they're, they're, they're growing in that, and they're working on that, and they're, and they're asking God for help and the group for help with that. That's great. Sometimes you'll have someone who shows up, and it's the same. 
thing. Uh, look at my Cheeto. And they wipe their Cheeto all over everybody. And then they come the next week. Oh, look at my Cheeto. And they wipe their Cheeto on it. And it's just over and over and over. This is where it gets hard. This is where the rubber kind of hits the road on this guiding biblically thing. The Bible is clear to us that there's a time where as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to kind of point out the Cheeto. So it said, hey, remove the log from your own eye, right? So you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We're called to, to, to examine one another and to call each other out. And, and, and this is the best way I can think of this. Like, imagine this. I take you to lunch, okay? And if you know me, you know that I love Colt Grill. I go there once a week, okay? If you haven't been there, go. It'll change your life. But imagine I go there at lunch with you, and I work. I have an office, and I, I meet with people and clients and whatever. And, and we're at lunch, and you know I'm going back to the office. And by the end of the time, you know, I've had a salad with some meat, right? And I've got half a head of lettuce hanging off of this tooth, okay? And I've got like half a slab of meat hanging off of this tooth, and you don't say anything to me about it. And you just let me go right back to my office to meet with my clients with food in my teeth. <laughs> How much do you have to hate me? <laughs> to not say something. You're not my friend, okay? Just so you know, you have full permission to say something to me. If I got food in my teeth, uh, I might have Cheetos on my face. I don't know. Oh, I I got, you can tell I got Cheetos on my shirt. Um, But listen to this. Proverbs 17.10 says this. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. There's a term out there right now, it's called frenemy. That's not a real thing. Either you're my friend or you're my enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And, and so you might be thinking like, well, what's the deal, you know? I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not one to call out somebody or I don't want to be called out. Here's the deal. The Bible's clear about this. Clear back in Genesis again. I'm going to talk real quick there. Okay, I'm doing good on time. Um, in Genesis, uh, we see when Cain has killed Abel, what does God do? He says, hey, where's your brother? What's Cain's response? Am I my brother's keeper? How am I supposed to know what's going on with him? What's the insinuation there? Yeah, you are your brother's keeper. I'm coming and ask, I'm asking you, where is he at? What's going on? God knew what was going on. But there's a practical application for us there. If we're to be one another's keepers, you know, mutually shepherding one another and loving one another, encouraging each other and guiding each other biblically, then that means we've got to be in groups where we trust one another enough to say the hard things. And here's where the rub is. It's like, okay, I'll be my brother's keeper. Guess what that means? <laughs> He's your keeper. He's got to have permission, or she's got to have permission to speak into your heart, into your life. And that's where we're going to, under this guiding biblically, we're going, to, we're going to do everything we can to give biblical counsel to one another when life's challenges come. And we're going to ask this question. This is an important question, guys. This is the question we should all be asking ourselves about everything daily. What does the Bible say about that? I think, or I read, or I heard, or I saw it on Oprah, or Dr. Phil, or what does God's word have to say about 
that? And how can I love you and encourage you towards Christ's likeness? If you run into challenges with that, we do have a coaching group here. We have a directional team for our small groups. We have people who can come and, and resource your group and help you. If you get into a conflict that you just can't figure out, we'll come alongside you. But guys, this, this, is where, this is where Christianity, biblical Christianity really hits, the rubber hits the road, is in doing life together and talking about our struggles and then encouraging each other towards Christ-likeness. Which leads me to Point number three, how are you feeding others? How are you feeding others? One of the best ways to get outside of the mess of your Cheetle is to just go serve somebody. Get your focus off of you and go serve somebody. And so we're going to ask that in our small groups. And, and in our small groups, our fifth and final practice is engage missionally. We're going to engage missionally together. We're going to engage missionally here inside the church, and we're going to engage missionally outside the church in the, in the Verde Valley. We did a message series a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, on I'm for the Verde Valley. We're, VVCC is for the Verde Valley. We want to see every single heart turn to Jesus for salvation and for hope and for healing and for restoration and, and reconciliation. That's what he does, and that's what the church is here for. We're not here to just enjoy this time together on Sundays and maybe hang out once, once a week in our small group. We are here. We're on mission to be like Jesus, to be his hands and his feet in our community, and to tell others about the great love and grace that he's given us amidst all of our cheetle, all of our mess. Man, he came into my mess. He came into my mess in 2006. I was a mess. Cindy and I were almost divorced. I was being an idiot of a husband and a father. And God reached down into my Cheeto bag and he said, I don't, I don't care if I get messed on my hands. I'll bloody them all up real good. So you can have life, Mike, and you can have restoration and you can have a family and you can have a ministry. And what's awesome about my cheetle and my, my, my mess is that he's taken my mess and he's, he's made it my message and he's made it my ministry. And he'll do that for you too. And we can engage miss, missionally. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to act like we got it all together. We just go share the story of the good news of Jesus Christ that he saved me in spite of my cheetle. Imagine this, guys. Imagine our church as we head into the fall with, with all of our fall ministries and our fall Bible studies and our, our small fall groups that we're kicking off, imagine a church where this is happening. And, and before we put up on the screen here this, this Acts verse, I want to warn you, a lot of times we read this, and, 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 and I'm telling you, I've heard this a million times, oh, well, that was the early church. We just dismissed this. Well, that was back when there was, you know, the apostles, and there was miracles happening. And, or, or I hear, oh, that sounds a little bit like like. I don't know, socialism or something, you know? It, socialism is being told what to do by a government. That's socialism. It's being compelled by, by, by evil men to tell you what to do. Being compelled by God's spirit to do what Jesus called us to do, that's what was happening in the early church. Make no mistake. Acts 2, 42 through 47 says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came on every 
soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food and with glad and generous, with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Can I get an amen? Can you imagine that? Oh, gets me excited. Let's do it. Um, guys, here's the deal. Doing life together is God's plan A for your growth and sanctification. You cannot become more like Jesus by yourself. It's impossible. You, you can't. How can you obey his commandments by yourself? If it's to love him and love others. It's kind of like this. It's like, it's like I, I, I want to I grow to be more like Jesus. Um, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to grow my muscles by watching a YouTube video on how to grow muscles. <laughs> Got to get in the gym, don't I? Okay. So I was praying about this and just asking God. I'm like, God, just, you know, <laughs> help me just get, give me a closer on this thing. Help me land this plane. And uh, I was praying, and I was just searching the scriptures and, and, and thinking about it. And, and 1 Peter 4, 8 came up, and I just thought, wow, God, you're so good and faithful. <laughs> Here's what's happening in 1 Peter 4, 8. Real quick history lesson. The people are in a, an oppressive society, a bad society, an evil society. And believers are being persecuted. And Peter's calling them to unity, to love, to fellowship, to oneness, to doing all these things that we're talking about. And he says this. He says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. You know what earnest means? Earnest means I'm all in. You know, if you buy a house, and you put down earnest money, it's non-refundable. You're saying, yeah, I'm in on this deal. <laughs> I'm putting my money where my mouth is. So keep loving one another earnestly. Why? Because love covers Sorry for the mic. a multitude of sins covers up the cheetle. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Lord. Here's the deal, guys. We got group link coming in a week from tonight at 4 p.m. We ask you to sign up if you're not in a group and come and join us. Um, if you're interested in helping lead a group or coach groups, let me know. Um, let the church know. Let somebody know. Put it on the form that you fill out there. There's a table out here where you can sign up. I understand, we understand as a church and as leadership, for some of you that's just not possible, whether it's physically or maybe you work at night and it just doesn't work for you. You got your notes from today? You got those three questions? Find a person, maybe two. Have lunch, coffee, once a month, once a week, I don't care. And just start talking. Talking about these things. 
How are you feeding your soul? How are you feeding your sinful desires? How are you feeding others? Let's learn and let's grow together. And then join a Bible study and learn there what God's word says about how to live life together. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. We thank you for your love and your grace that covers sin. Thank you for the cross of Christ where, where Jesus, you, you bled for us. It's by your blood that we're cleansed and, and loved. And, and, but not only are we just cleansed and loved, we're known. We're fully and deeply known by you, the God of creation. Help us to be fully known and fully loved here at VVCC and to fully know and love others that they might know your grace and your goodness. God, help us not to live life alone, but to live the fullest of lives found in you and in communion with your people. In your name we pray, amen. Because we're going to have a prayer team over here on your left. I'll be at the group link table in just a moment. Have a great day. Thank you.